On this week's episode, the last episode of season two of Don't Date Me, I'm going to be interviewing Cannibal Quadfather, aka Matthew from Denver in the US. He's an artist, a gamer, a nerd trapped in a jock's body. He's gay, a vegetarian and loves Lara Croft. But most importantly, he's an OnlyFans star. And we're going to discuss with him when romance and dating meets OnlyFans. How does that work? Is it complicated? Let's find out. No dirty talk, just podcasts, no turn-ons, so turn me on, by that I mean, this podcast, not interested, so don't date me, review me, just rate me, like, subscribe, don't date me, review me, just rate me, like, subscribe, don't date me. Alexa, play the podcast, Don't Date Me. Okay, speaking of which, follow us on Instagram at It's James Sparks and Twitter at It's James Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it? At It's James Sparks. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Don't Date Me. Hit that follow button for weekly episodes. I'm Jamie, a 37-year-old, 6'4", bisexual man and closeted Christian. And I'm excited because this is the last episode of season two of the podcast. Man alive, it's gone past so fast. This season's been so different because I've been a lot more organised for the most part. Uh, You know, I pre-recorded a whole bunch of episodes early on, which kind of made the editing process a lot easier. Uh, But it's still been quite the logistical, exciting time, uh, just juggling everyone's, you know, schedules and stuff. So, but it's been really fun. And I think we've kind of explored some really diverse themes and subjects this season. You know, we've explored uh, polyamory again, but from the perspective of breakups. We've explored bisexuality and my own personal journey with that. We've explored demisexuality and unpacked what that means to both Jason and Emma Jane. We've even looked at, you know, our dating future and what we hope for the the future as well uh, from a kind of queer perspective. So yeah, it's been quite quite the diverse and all-encompassing season. So I'm excited to see where this goes in subsequent seasons. So yeah, hit follow button so you don't miss us when we come back. And yeah, if you're wondering what I'm going to be doing when we're not going to be doing the podcast on a weekly basis for the next few weeks, I'm going to be creating a new podcast. It's called Faith Me and it's going to be exploring not matters of sexual identity, but matters of faith identity. So the things that people believe in. It's not necessarily going to be focused on religion. It's more, it's much more wider than that. Um, So yeah, it's going to be interesting and I will no doubt post a wee trailer on this feed in the coming weeks you can kind of gauge if it's your vibe or not so i'm excited for that and it's going to be a fun one because it's going to be a lot less intense because this podcast is quite intense in the background this one's going to be more a case of recording it releasing an episode as and when it's ready maybe once a month maybe every second week who knows we'll find out and see what happens 
other than that, I'm going to be continuing doing my uh, Let's Plays on Twitch and YouTube for fun. So if you love video games, you can head over there and follow me and subscribe. And other than that, I'm also going to be continuing my Becoming the Tomb Raider series on YouTube, where me and my friends go on monthly adventures. The latest episode is up now on YouTube, and you can also uh, subscribe so you don't miss the next one, where I'm going to be going to do some archery in the Scottish countryside with Jason. And spoilers, it turns out that although I'm an archery instructor, Jason is better than me. So that was actually quite fun. So in a second, we're going to be listening to an interview I did a couple of days ago with Matthew from Denver. And it's super fascinating, really great conversation. I'm so glad that I got the chance to do it because I've known Matthew for a few years now, really through the the marvel of the internet because we're friends on Twitter. But I've never really had an in-depth conversation with him. So I learned a lot about him and, and yeah, it was really interesting. But just before that, last reminder... This is officially your last opportunity to win two tickets to see Rina Sawayama play live in Glasgow in October. So if you love Rina or you don't know who she is, have a wee search online, see if she's your bag. And she will be because she's literally in the top 10 in the UK charts right now. Uh, and she's doing really well internationally as well. Um, then if you want to win, then just head over to my website. It's jamiesparks.com forward slash Rina comp. And you can find out details of how to win two tickets to see her and yeah and hopefully i'll see you there how exciting okay so this is the interview i did with matthew the other day let's find out what it's like to be an only fan star while sustaining a long-term relationship and also being polyamorous i didn't even know he was polyamorous until i talked to him let's have a listen so it is monday evening it is Coming up for 20 past 9 p.m. <laughs> the wind is howling outside, so you might be able to hear it. So, I, Or maybe my editing skills are so great that I've managed to get rid of the, the background noise. Who knows? Uh, but I'm here with a special guest. Uh, I'm Matt. I am a friend of Jamie's since, I, I, mean, I would say, at least four years uh, yeah. on Twitter. We've never actually met in real life. Um, as you can probably tell from my accent, I am American. So meeting is not as simple as you're saying it. <laughs> Definitely not at the moment as well. <laughs> I think you are officially the second American. I think Gwen's the first American we've had on the podcast. So, but she lives in, in Scotland right now. So that that's that. But, well, this is the thing. Like, I call you Matthew. Like, in my head, I'm like, there's Matthew, even on Twitter and stuff. So do you, does everyone know you as Matt? Well, everybody does know me as Matt, um, but because my name is Matthew Dayton, that's my first and middle name uh. on Twitter, um, everybody does refer to me as Matthew, <laughs> and it's never it's never really bothered me at all. Yeah. Um, so that's it's not uncommon. What you're saying is is pretty normal. Does anyone call you Matty or Matty? Uh, yes, uh, girls girls <laughs> tend to call me Matty. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll do that just to just to spice it up a bit. Yeah, I'll I'll great. just switch it up. So, okay, introduce yourself to... Well, I know you, obviously, through Twitter, because we tweet about lots of things. <laughs> Me, like, a lot of Tomb Raider, let's be honest. A lot of Tomb Raider, yes. <laughs> loving, loving about Tomb Raider. Um, but tell the listeners a little bit about you, about your passions, and what makes you, you. Uh, sure. Um, I am an artist. Um, 
I love video games. I love to make video games. I love to draw, paint, uh, sculpt, do pottery. Um, I like to write stories. Uh, I was a business owner up until August. Um, and now I guess I am a business owner again, but in a different, vastly different field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I spend far too much of my time on Twitter. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, I, I would say that's me I, in a nutshell. I am super into fitness, especially lately, um, later in life. I'm 39 years old. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. And that's I, I don't you? know what else would define me, yeah. So, most vitally, the the question that's on every, like every single person that's listening, like probably like 2% of the listener audience, are thinking to themselves, but Matthew, what is your favorite Tomb Raider game of all time? <laughs> the original. Just of all of them? Every single one? Yeah, the original. Oh, like the OG Tomb Raider one? 96. Hell yeah. I feel like I love all of them for different reasons, but for me it's, oh, it's always going to be Tomb Raider 3 because that's my that was my entry point, and I just love the kind of variation of the levels. But did you listen to uh, Chris's... Uh, Raider cast podcast episode where they were talking about Tomb Raider 3 I've listened to some of them but I don't remember the Tomb Raider 3 one because they had a historian on who was talking about the problematic nature of that specific game and I like the whole colonialism thing and I was like oh wait <laughs> and like I like and then I'm like it's just like obliterated my childhood I was like oh no this game's so problematic so it's, uh-huh. it's give me a, a new perspective on it but hey ho um, okay, so the reason why we're here is to get to know you and your story. Um, so tell us a little bit about your sexual identity. How do you identify and what's your journey with that been like? Um, I am a male identifying uh, homosexual. Um, I was with a woman for four years in my younger years. We did buy a house together. Um, so I gave it the old college try, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I am a homosexual. I was monogamous with the same partner since 23. I'm 39 years old. Uh, for 14 years, we were monogamous and we became polyamorous, uh, in 2020 COVID changed a lot of things about our lives mm. and, uh, considering our futures and, um, we became polyamorous and we both met actually quite wonderful men that we have both well not together but he met someone separately of me i met someone separately of him uh and we both fell in love with those people Mm -hmm. um so it was it was more of a of a let's be open thing Mm -hmm. um and found that in that journey uh as people meet up more than once uh it becomes more than that you start to not only become friends but start to develop relationships and neither of us really had any issue with that that was that seemed to be the natural evolution for us mm-hmm. um and so we became polyamorous and are both in successful relationships he's going on uh we've been together we're going on 17 years we're wow. in our 17th year uh and i've been with my other partner my boyfriend uh for going on one year and he's been with his for about a year and probably three months four months that's so cool i love the fact that um because one of my favorite things that i've learned through this podcast 
is just how it's exciting when people are open to the shifting dynamics of their relationships. Because obviously when you're with someone for so long, you're not the same person that you were when you met in the first instance. And it's so interesting hearing the journeys that people have gone on. Because like for Gwen, when she was talking about it, she was married for years to her husband, but it was like polyamorous relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, she uh, she had loads of people in her life who she values so much. And then her husband died and then she had to navigate that whole journey whilst also, you know, having these loving relationships with other people. And then we've also had Kirsty on who talked about her polyamorous relationship, um, which isn't in isolation from her, her chronic illness situation that she's got going on. But the fact is, is like, I just think it's super cool when people are open to the fact that they admit to themselves that they shift and change as they grow older and they're happy to do that with someone else. So that's super Absolutely. cool. And I think it's important to um, recognize and accept those shifts and changes yeah. that that people do change in time. And um, I've also discovered as I've gotten older, this this isn't, I don't want to make a statement as though I was not satisfied with my with my husband of, of mm-hmm. now, you know, going on 17 years because we both were very satisfied. You know, we were sexually active that entire time with each other, um, very regularly, you know, barring yeah. any, you know, normal shifts in life and roller coasters of emotions. But um, we were very sexual with each other. We were always in love. We still had common interests and laughed and loved and felt the same way we always did. But of course, you do start to realize that it's not fair to have the expectation on one person to fulfill everything you want in your life. Um, Even though it is, if that does fulfill everything you want in your life, that's perfectly fine as well. That's just from my perspective, you know, where we were coming from. Couldn't have said it better myself. I guess I, like for context, you know, I'm bisexual. I don't necessarily regard myself as polyamorous. I guess I think of myself as more polyamorous adjacent. Um, And, you know, I can definitely see, I think for me it's more contextual as to who the the people I am with as to whether I'd go that way. Um, But yeah, what I think what I've learned recently, we'll just put it that way, um, that for me, I, you know, and also kind of what other people have said regarding this, on the podcast i feel like boundaries and setting expectations is like super key would would that be right yeah yeah well so we have a pretty surprisingly um you know as we've it's going on probably two and a half years maybe almost yeah about two and a half years that we've been uh i i want to say that we've been open because Mm -hmm. like i said we didn't start saying hey let's be polyamorous and find other people to fall in love with that wasn't from the outset we were like you know what honestly this is going to sound a little selfish but as gay men you know we are very sexual yeah gay men but men um but because we are gay men our partners being men there's a lot of sex going on you know how it is yeah Um, it it does it is dialed up to the max so we were like we were both getting into shape because you know 2020 changed everyone's lives um we were both getting into the best shapes of our lives and we're like, man, people are looking at us differently and talking to us differently <laughs> and acting differently, you know, at the bar, at the club, at these parties. Yeah. We've spent the last 14 years of our life only with each other. Maybe we should, you know, ex- experiment outside just sexually. Yeah. But because 
what happened was a dynamic response to mm-hmm. the fact that after you've met with somebody a couple times, you know, maybe you've hung out or you've gone to dinner, you're essentially already dating that person. Yep. And even with friends, you know, you this is this is boundaries that a lot of people aren't willing to to say, but you are essentially loving and dating your close friends. You're going out together, you're hanging out, you are enjoying your time, you want to spend time with those people. And what we came to realize was that in these friendships, but with benefits, mm. we're essentially in a relationship as it is. And we shouldn't be afraid or back away from those feelings or close those off because those those are exactly the experiences that we considered when we decided to be open. Yeah. Was the possibility of, of all these connections and things that you miss. And again, I'm not... I'm not... I don't want to put down a monogamous lifestyle. If, if someone is fulfilled in that, I understand it. I was fully fulfilled for 14 years, which is quite a long time, especially for gay people. Yeah. Um, so I get it. Uh, that's just not where my journey has led me. So that's okay. I don't want anyone listening or, or that does listen to think that I'm putting down monogamous relationships or saying in any way that they aren't right or aren't successful you just have to find what's right for you exactly for sure and that might change in time and i think it's important to face those feelings rather than to um to run from them can i can i just say something super fast yeah uh my my partner was actually seeing a uh a therapist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he was asking about his relationship and he said oh i you know i have a boyfriend and we're we're actually we get along super well and Everything's great. Um, Please do not say he had sex with a therapist. No, no. He, <laughs> he said his, his husband, but he has a husband. Mm-hmm. And the therapist said, can I stop you for a moment? I just want to say how brave this person is for doing what they do. Yeah. Because 95% of my job as a therapist yep. is trying to repair a rift caused by somebody looking or somebody stepping out or something along those lines. And if people were just directly open with each other and communicated, even if it doesn't work, you know, even if a polyamorous thing doesn't work, it's just the communication level that our relationship style brings that Devils. could benefit anyone. I just, it's so interesting, right? So the last couple of episodes, I keep going back to this story of a guy I used to work with who said, I actually forget whether it was him that said it himself or whether it was someone he knew, but he, but from from my memory, it was that it was him that he said that he was a straight man, but he had sex with a man one time. You know, it was a good experience. wasn't for him. I just wish my hope is that in the future, more heteronormative people and people who are um, shy of exploring this kind of stuff. My hope is that they, you know, open themselves up to the possibilities more. So that it actually stems the problem of uh, affairs. Because, like, as a child of divorce, that that is me, um, you know, I've seen firsthand what happens when people are not honest and authentic with each other. And I just think it would be super cool for people to, like, be honest with each other and, like, transparent. And it would just, it would save us a lot of therapy bills. Pipistrello Designs creates badass digital illustrations, greeting cards, key rings, and pins. 
If you enjoy spooky skeletons, pizza, space, and RuPaul, then you're going to love Pipistrello Designs. Check out their Instagram page where you can find a link to their Etsy shop, where you can treat yourself to a wee tote bag. Damn. Support a local artist and share some sass with loved ones with Pippi Strello Designs. My question to you though is, what's your biggest life lessons that you've gained so far from dating and also from love? Um, I think what I've learned is how fortunate I am in each individual relationship. so, you know, I'll, I'll experience something in one relationship and it'll give me a new perspective on the, the rest of my relationship. Mm. So I think, um, I don't know, that's a really hard question to answer. Just, just one thing. Um, but yeah, I would say perspective. For sure. I think for me it's very similar because like, cause I famously have, my longest relationship is two and a half years. Which is is kind of hilarious at the age of 37, but also I don't feel atypical of someone who's bisexual, to be honest. Um, but I do feel that, you know, the relationships I have had have been really meaningful. And even the short ones, the ones that have been three, three to six months, have been very meaningful and helped inform my whole identity. Uh, and I'm a changed person, mostly for, for the better, from those uh, relationships. So. And essentially that that statement that you just made is what drove us to being open and polyamorous. Yeah. Is that being with one person limits you to a, and again, I do not want anyone to take this as me saying they are being limited or they are taking a limited lifestyle because if they are fulfilled, then it is fine. And that is what their lifestyle is. And there is absolutely nothing wrong or less than about that. For me, um, what I learned was that all these relationships come with their own benefit. You, you learn something from all these relationships and experience something and it helps you grow as a person. So even though like to love, you know how they say it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Yeah. That's true because those experiences are what change you as a person. And even though it hurts to like, you know, fall in love and break up, it's something that teaches you for later in life. It's just like any anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Definitely. So that's true of relationships, and that's what we realized was that, oh, man, do you realize how many experiences we're missing out on? Again, it sounds like I'm being defeating of monogamous relationships, but no, I don't, I don't think out. it does. We were. In, yeah. in our experience, we were missing out on those experiences that change you, yeah. define you, because we had mm. put ourselves in such a box for so long, and we were fine with it, but it it was obvious, you know, once we looked a certain way and people were treating us, <laughs> sounds, <laughs> that's the world we live in, unfortunately, and people were treating us in a different way we started to realize, oh, we are really closing ourselves off to a lot of possible experiences here, which does have to do with sex, but I'm not going to pretend as a man that that doesn't drive. Of course. And I think, I guess, also kind of like to play devil's advocate, like even for um, monogamous people or, you know, heterosexual people or whoever, um, 
I, I guess for those people as well who are like, do you know what? That's super cool. I'm totally getting what these guys are talking about, but that's not for me. Then, do you know what? Still make sure you make time to do stuff out with your, you know, from spending time with your partner. Because I, I think okay. it's interesting how many people I still come across who like their whole life is their partner, and, and but not in a healthy way, but in like a way that it's quite isolating from their friends. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I guess I would encourage people to just like broaden their horizons, you know, whether that be with or without sex, like just make sure you're you're enriching your life with lots of different people. And Absolutely. speaking of which, so Matt, tell us about your journey into OnlyFans. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so <laughs> Let's do I it, recently, baby. <laughs> I was in education mm -hmm. for the last um, 13 years. I owned a business. Um, so I was always... I. I am an exhibitionist. I like to exhibit myself. Um, I enjoy it. I will not be, you know, that's true. That's just the truth. And I've always been interested in OnlyFans as a result. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also, being in education, I was scared of the possibility of ramifications. Of course. Um, now I'm not in education any longer. And so I figured, you know, what the hell, I'm going to do, I'm going to try this. And, uh, I got a lot of support from my boyfriend and my husband right away. Um, both, again, willing to film or be filmed or anything like that. Uh, so I'm super lucky there. Um, it's been quite a journey. It's something, like I said, I didn't really expect to do it. Mm. But I am enjoying myself doing it. Yay. How long has it been yeah. now? Uh, actually, not even a month. Oh, yeah, we're getting yeah, we're getting there I'm early. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and, very fresh. and I guess so. What's kind of been the biggest challenge for, uh, so far in this in this journey? Even though you're you know you're just at the beginning part. Honestly, it's like with Twitter. I am just I'm just doing my personality. You know, I all I do is just get on there and I talk like this is who I am and I say controversial stuff. I like politics. I like video games. I like discussions. I, you know, I like science, so on and so forth. Um, so I get on there. I talk a lot, just whatever's on my mind. So Twitter's different because I can just say whatever's on my mind. Whereas OnlyFans, I have to carefully consider what the people who are paying to subscribe to my content, which is just a mind-blowing thing. Yep. Um, the people that are paying to subscribe to this content, I have to consider what they want and what they... And, you know, that's not easy when there's however many, you know, subscribers you have. It's not easy to consider, oh, what does everybody want? Twitter, I don't care. If you're following me, you're going to get whatever I give. <laughs> yeah. Because that's just my personality. If I feel like talking about, you know, the failed power grid in wherever, or I feel like talking about politics X, or I feel like talking about video game Y, then that's what I'm going to talk about. Whereas with OnlyFans, I really have to consider, um, or so I thought, I have to consider what people might want. Um, but what I am learning is that it's the same, essentially, as Twitter, in that... People subscribe to you because they want to see what you want mm. to offer. Um, so it's been interesting to learn, you know, that basically 
it's <laughs> yeah I, I don't know it's weird to say like I'm an entertainer but I am a content creator and I have to create content that will keep people subscribed it's so interesting because in a lot of ways I am legit vibing with a lot of what you're saying because yeah. it's not it's literally not too dissimilar to where I'm at because ultimately yeah. with my commercial radio background it's very tempting for me to fall into the trappings of like chasing those stats like in the early days of, of doing the podcast me and Sarah well I would sit and kind of like scarrel through all of the uh, the stats and stuff to kind of see where the social media was at where the listening figures were at on the different platforms and stuff and then I just like very casually present it to Sarah like oh just as a wee throwaway like here's how many lessons we've got but little did she know like in the background I was like compiling spreadsheets um whereas what I'm realizing is that the whole reason why people you know have listened to the podcast and continue to is because they are interested in, in my authentic self not the kind of radio fabrication version of myself that I constructed set like eight years ago um exactly. so yeah it's and quite interesting there's quite a lot of parallels between what you're saying there definitely and also in that uh I would say there's a similarity for the case that um basically the content desire for what I'm creating uh, has changed. Like OnlyFans is big because the content that people want is authentic and exactly like personal, rather than uh, studio production. Yeah. And not to say that studio productions don't still have their space. It's just that there's a desire or a demand for something other than yeah. At this point, it feels like. Oh no, for sure, for authenticity, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, mm. there is a similarity there. Okay, and then in terms of being on this journey so far, what's the thing that you've been most proud of? Um, I think just accepting what I'm doing and being myself. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think um, being able to be like, this is what I'm doing and, and accepting of, of it and being comfortable enough um, I don't know. That's that's hard also. Again, though, I'm fairly new at it. Yep. So that might be why, but I I would say I'm just proud of myself for biting the bullet and doing it. It's something that I don't know. It's never thought I like I said, I never thought I would say that I'm doing that for any sort of living. For sure. Or making any money. So do you think okay, so this is where I'm most fascinated, right? So is do you think is OnlyFans a means to an end? Is it a passion project? Because I know you said that you've you've always kind of toyed with the idea of it, but is this a long-term thing? Do you think, is this is this it? Is this what you're going to go for now? Um, well, I mean, it's not all I'm going to do. I certainly want to keep my uh, income sources diversified. Mm. Um, but for now, yeah, I am certainly enjoying it. Um, I am going to you know, seek a simple W-2 job also. That, <laughs> yeah. To make ends meet. But, That's keeping the tax um, man happy, guys. Yeah, <laughs> but OnlyFans has been, uh, I found surprising success in it, and it's I mean, been a pretty good adventure. And I've been, that's that's what I would say I'm, I'm happiest about, is that how supportive everybody has been. I was really concerned that people were going to be like, you know, because I'm followed by 
Tomb Raider and mm. Shelley Blonde and yep. I didn't want to lose those type of people and everybody's been super supportive and I think that's, that's yeah that's a that's a positive statement on where our world is mentally. I'm super glad now that I know like the wider context of your support network. Now I'm rooting for you because as long as I know you've got like a good support network around about you, then dear you do you and do you well is is my is my my yeah, kind of that's just kind of how people have been and i'm yeah pretty shocked by that <laughs> yeah it's cool though yeah it's nice I'm enjoying it yeah so do you have any advice for anyone who's thinking about starting a similar venture or even maybe um, uh so i guess you could go that way and also down the route of even just um exploring their sexuality in a different way i guess yeah um, so I do want to say that I've learned being on OnlyFans that OnlyFans is not just for adult content. Um, there are literally people that do exercise videos on there, people that do cooking videos, people that is there? Talk. I did not know that. Um, in fact, if if as a person that's on OnlyFans, I because obviously it's free to subscribe to the OnlyFans OnlyFans page. Yeah. It's it's just like Twitter. Um, so you basically follow when you subscribe. Um, but of course it costs money unless the subscription is free. Yep. And if you follow the OnlyFans account or subscribe to the OnlyFans account, they show like a lot of like, none of the uh, content that they show is adult content. They um. only like, I guess you would say retweet or share uh, content from like creators like yoga. And <laughs> yeah. So it's really very much like YouTube. Yeah. Uh, except for the fact that you cannot watch unless you subscribe. Yep. Like, you can't even put preview stuff on. So, OnlyFans is a little limiting in that way, in that if somebody visits your page, they have no idea what they're going to get unless they subscribe. So, you kind of have to, like, create a Twitter account or use your Twitter account or use some sort of social media as a driving uh, um, advertising agent yeah. for you. Uh, so, definitely have that and try to, you know, have some sort of decent connection with people be before so that you can self-promote mm. um but it's pretty straightforward stuff like you're you get on there you fill out a w-9 just like any well i guess in the united states uh you know tax forms yeah you fill out tax forms um and then you're going wow. and if you feed if you're doing adult content and you feature another person you just need to make sure that OnlyFans is aware of that person has their id and they have a release form um, other than that, I, I can't really think of any advice. It was such a straightforward process, um, and being so fresh at it, I don't want to jump the gun and say <laughs> yeah. that I, you know, obviously I an guru. <laughs> yeah, but I do think that my experience with running a business and mm. running a business over the last thirteen years has benefited me mm -hmm. as far as because I did a lot of uh, our work with advertising and stuff. So I think. I, to some degree, have an idea of how to market, but this is definitely a different uh, audience. So, switching back to your dating life and your sexual identity, this is us kind of like edging towards the end. What advice would you give yourself from 10 years ago? So if you're looking back in time, what would you say to yourself? <laughs> like it, relationships are serious mm. and obviously I, I have a very successful long-term relationship um, so I'm not saying it's not serious 
I'm just saying the as long as you guys are strong together, the experiences you'll only remember the good stuff. Yeah. So just don't take things so seriously, because the the bad things the you just that stuff gets washed away by the good stuff. So don't take stuff so seriously and don't let it destroy all the good that you have or have created. Amazing. And then what about your future self? If you so if you were to listen back to this interview in 10 years from now so that'll be 2032 baby <laughs> what advice would you have for yourself uh, wow it's so weird to think about that don't right to stop. don't this is such a stupid cliche statement <laughs> do it don't forget to stop and smell the flowers boom put that on a t-shirt <laughs> it's for real like for real don't forget to stop and smell the flowers life is so so short um, I experienced a lot of loss in 2022, so oh. enjoy enjoy every moment that you have and stop and smell the flowers. That's amazing. It's not worth a dollar, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, I can't not call you Matthew. You're Matthew, sorry. <laughs> I guess you can, you can call me by my Sunday name. My Sunday name is James. Oh, I don't know if people know that. <laughs> My name is actually James. Although I feel like a, a fraud now. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I think it's super cool that you're so open talking about stuff. I think it's amazing the relationship and the support network you've got around you as well. Uh, I'm super jealous that you've had such a long-term relationship. But yeah, I just wish you all the success and yeah. Don't be a stranger. Won't at all. Thank you so much for having me on. Yay. Yeah. And then I guess to finish up as well. So if people want to follow you, where do they follow you? Uh, if they would like to follow me on Twitter, uh, my name is at Matthew Dayton. Um, but I have to just add that it's spelled a little strange. And I, I don't know why I did that because nobody can ever find me. <laughs> um, but it's M A T T. H W D A Y T O N uh, Cannibal Quadfather. Cannibal's been my name for my video game since like the original days of land partying on Quake. Oh wow! So that's where it comes from. It's I was obsessed with zombies in Resident Evil, so that's where it comes from. <laughs> Love it. That's so fun. My um my literally first video game that I was obsessed with was Doom. So I never did, I never got into the the land party situation, but yeah, I guess at some point I'll do some some streams of doom because that'll be yeah, fun amazing definitely should um quick funny story when i first got on grinder because obviously i'd never <laughs> been on grinder being in a monogamous relationship for 14 years oh I wow the app. so i got on grinder for the first time in 2020 and my name was cannibal and people were blocking <laughs> oh, me all no. over the place and my husband was met up with somebody that <laughs> had blocked me and he was like why did you block him and he's like because he eats people so i changed my name <laughs> to Dayton to my husband. Oh, that is... Because you know that's a yeah. thing that happened in the UK, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> it happens here too, and I guess oh, that's no. a fetish. I guess so it is. I don't want people to think that I actually eat people. I just like zombies. <laughs> amazing. Animals, cool. So. All right, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, amazing. Thanks so much. Meliora Wax create vegan, cruelty-free candles and melts. They're biodegradable, sustainable, and most importantly handmade and hand poured right here in Scotland. 
You can get 20% off when you sign up to their newsletter, which you can find on their Instagram page. Now, we're excited to announce that the Don't Date Me podcast has designed some candle fragrances in partnership with Meliora. So you can choose between our Spicy Margarita or Shenandoah Rainfall Fragrances. Spicy Margarita is a spicy little number bursting with some citrus flavours, whereas Shenandoah Rainfall is a stormy fragrance with uplifting tropical notes. Head over to their Instagram page to preview their latest collections as well. That's instagram.com forward slash Meliora Wax. That's Meliora spelt M-E-L-I-O-R-A. Meliora Wax. Dear. How cool was that? So that was my chat with Matthew about his his kind of journey into becoming an OnlyFans star and juggling his romance and dating life with it. Super fascinating. I just think it's so cool that people are doing their thing. Like over the past couple of seasons for this podcast, we've kind of chatted with people about their sexual identity and, you know, their dating lives. And it's just interesting hearing the different options that are out there, even options that some people would never usually consider and how, you know, they're just, that's them being their truth self and they're they're thriving in it. So, so yeah. So if you want to keep up to date with what Matthew's up to, you can follow him on Twitter, Matthew spelled without an E and then Dayton, D-A-Y-T-O-N. So Matthew without an E and then Dayton. And yeah, I'm going to be super honest. He is currently getting his Halloween costume ready and it happens to be Lara Croft. I am not mad at it. Not mad at it at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's really it. That's that's it for this season of Don't Date Me. What a journey. It's been so different from the last season, but so fun. I feel like we're we're in our stride now. We're, we're, we've got our format down. We know what's going on. We've got our, our cast of regulars, and we've also got our special guests that pop in. So it's kind of fun, but I'm super interested to hear your feedback because your feedback is what actually shapes the show. So thank you for the people that have already rated us on Apple Podcast and also on Spotify. We see you. You validate us. <laughs> you make us uh, have a ha- have a chuckle. And also uh, you have inspired some podcast merch. So shout out to the person that absolutely hates me, but for some reason continues to listen. <laughs> uh, feel free to send more hate my way and then maybe I'll make even more podcast merch. Yeah, and in, in the kind of interim period before we start back for season three, if you want to show some love, then head over to Redbubble because we've got our podcast merch there. We've got t-shirts and totes and all that kind of stuff. And all profits are going to still get donated to our continuing fundraising efforts for the people of Ukraine. Um, the gift matching phase of that fundraising is over now, uh, but we have raised, or in the coming weeks, we're going to have raised a total of £410 but it's just going to roll on in the background, so I'll uh, I'll post links soon to the the new updated fundraising page, and that really concludes it. So I haven't thought of this week's sign off, so that's awkward. So maybe we'll just do it in real time. Um, stay open to relationship opportunities that may come across your path that you may have not considered before. Don't be narrow-minded. And whatever you do, 
please continue to listen to the podcast and follow on your preferred podcast platform. But basically, don't date me. Because you'll probably inspire a podcast. And you'll probably regret it. (laughs) Okay, bye then. (laughs) See you on season three. Hey, thank you for listening. The Don't Date Me podcast is created by Jamie Sparks Productions. You can email the show at itsjamiesparks at gmail.com. Other email providers are available. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Don't Date Me Pod. If you enjoyed the show, please consider donating to our fundraiser for the people of Ukraine. You can find the link to our GoFundMe page at bio.site forward slash itsjamiesparks. It'll make a real difference, so please give generously. See you on the next episode.